Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This episode 191, Burnout or Burning in 2014. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Hotland. Since 1971, Hotland has created room for ideas to grow. Jacob Hotland started up with scarce resources and hard work, and the first proper office was set up in a barn in Omsoen, Norway. Shout out to Hotland. Well, shout out to Hotland and shout out to patron Christian Larson for supporting the show and picking this movie for us. We will be talking about it after the break. But Joe, first up, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we last spoke? Wait, hold on. Sorry. Before you go, this is if you're listening to the main feed, you have one more day to vote on the Hall of Fame bracket, cageclub.me slash bracket. Or if you're listening on Patreon, you have a, a few more days. But if you have not yet voted, please vote cageclub.me slash bracket. Too Fast, Too Forever Hall of Fame, please, and thank you. Okay, go ahead. My buddy Matt was visiting from Atlanta. Where the players play. He had hoes in different area codes. He came up to visit, and so um, he was staying with us for, like, last week. We had, like, a barbecue this weekend, which was, like, the first time I had a barbecue in a while, so that was a lot of fun. I made some pulled pork and some beans, and we made mac and cheese and stuff like that. Um, I got to play with my fire pit for the first time, and I had, like, this whole dead tree that was like fucked up my um fence so we burnt a bunch of that that was fun so we were just like hanging out doing that stuff and we also went to go see black widow this week so we saw that in xd which is like you know a step down from imax but that's what we have at our theater that's been it did you see black widow i did but you missed a very big thing what's the very big thing the thing that we did with matt with brian Oh, with Kyle. Yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. There's been so much shit happening. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about burning a tree, why would you think about driving to another state to see two baseball games? <laughs> That's true. Yes. So the Pirates don't do are drugs, playing the kids. Mets. Yeah, the Pirates are playing the Mets. Dude, there's just been a million things happening. The Pirates are playing the Mets and it got rained out on Thursday and they played like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So Saturday we went to the Mets game, which became a doubleheader. And um, Matt came with us, and you were actually going to be busy, but you wound up being able to come too. Mm-hmm. So me, you, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, and Kyle, the, the Foodie Foods man himself, Fruity Foods man, yep, mm-hmm. was all there in attendance at the baseball game, and um, we got to see. We were very close. By the way, if anybody knows, they know that we did Zack Attack, and one of the famous Zac Efron movies is High School Musical. And we also mentioned that Vanessa Hudgens from High School Musical dates one of the Pirates, and she was at the game. Although we did not see her or, like, see her on the screen or anything like that, she was in attendance, we found out later, via her Instagram. Yep. So we were in the same building as Vanessa Hudgens this weekend, too. Yeah, man. And she was laid down with the common folks. I mean, she was probably in very nice seats, but uh, she was not, like, up in a box. So, you know, we could have theoretically run into her. I mean... (laughs) Yes. And I made you the offer. I made you the deal. And you said, yeah, uh, even though it wasn't going to happen, that when we were doing Zack Attack, before we had agreed to do this or before the idea to do this and and Boyfriend Material and and Magic Mike's, I was like, we should do a Vanessa Hudgens spinoff podcast on the Zack Attack feed. And I had made separate art. It was the Van Halen art, the black with the gold logo. And instead of saying Van Van Halen, it said Van Hudge. And it was just at the, Van, the Vanessa Hudgens podcast. And I don't think you'd either remember. I think I'd shown you forever. I don't, but I don't think you remember because yeah. I showed you the no. art. But I was like, if we find her and if we talk to her, we have to do this podcast. And I and 100% said, yes. agreed. Yeah. And then, but there's no way that we were going to do it. But, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. 
that podcast died, so this one could live, I guess. But yeah, it was fun. So um, I've had like a busy week since we recorded last. We did like a whole bunch of wacky fun time shit. But it was good to go to a baseball game. That was fun. The crowd seemed pretty good. I like going to Mets games. I like City Field. We were talking about when we'd go there before. McKellar used to be there, but that like got... That's a brewery for people who don't know. Yeah, it got killed because of COVID, but there was like a full brewery in the in the front of McKellar of city field so we lost that but um yeah we just like walked around hung out it was a beautiful day and Mm -hmm. that's what we did uh to answer your question from earlier i did see black widow how'd you like what do you think would you like uh my girl florence Pugh was the best part of it for sure i saw a great tweet that summed it up that said like was it the one that i retweeted maybe it was like damn how did scarlett johansson become a supporting character in her own movie yeah, Florence Pugh just made the star of her movie into a supporting <laughs> character. Yep. That was absolutely the best part of the movie. I agree. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, and I liked it for vastly different reasons than I ever thought that I would, mainly that uh, Florence Pugh stole the show. So she's just fucking awesome, and the movie was great because of her. Well, I've been on her hype bandwagon for like five years now, so I knew. That's the only reason I was excited for it. Like, I... I it was fine. I it was it was fine. It was I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Uh, people in my theater were going nuts for it. I don't know what Marvel's doing now. I've not seen the Loki finale yet, which came out today. But yeah, I saw a headline that was like the villain, the end villain in this, basically undermines Loki to set up a future Marvel thing. It just feels like Marvel is both trying to set up the future, which is going to be the multiverse in some way. But then Black Widow is just like it was spoilers said in the past. again. Uh, Scarlet is Scarlet's character is dead. Natasha is dead, and this is going to set up Elena to be, I guess, the new widow or whatever she becomes in the comics. And so they need to introduce her. But like, I don't know, man. It just it didn't feel like there was really a, like a point to it. It was good action, I think, and it was pretty funny. But again, just like, yeah, okay. And then one last thing that I've been saving from you, okay, and I didn't want to post on social media because I want to tell you now. I asked our buddy Wells because he went to go see F nine. And he got this really cool F9 popcorn bucket that was like this branded thing. So I was like, hey, oh, man, I really need that. And he was like, yeah, no problem, brother. Like, I got you. I'll send it to you. And I was like, cool. Let me know how much shipping is, whatever. He's like, don't worry about it. And I was like, oh, you're the man. But um, I got that package in the mail. And I was like, oh, cool. It's the popcorn bucket from Wells. And the awesome dude that he is, he filled it with a bunch of really fun candy things. So thank you, Wells, for the popcorn bucket and the candy. I dug into these uh, these trolley evil twins today, and they're awesome. You have a really good taste in candy, brother. So thank you. And I was going to post it on social media, but I knew we were recording tonight. So I wanted to show Joey first, and then we'll post. But he didn't send me one, though, right? No, he just had like one of these buckets. I just like asked for the, the bucket. So thank you, Wells. Yeah, thanks, Wells. Why are you going to be a hater? He had one of them, and I asked for it nicely. We also did, since last week, we did a... Uh... An episode of Cars with Garrett Smith is out as a bonus episode on Patreon. We did it on Thursday, which was fun. I mean, I know this sounds corny, but like those Patreon episodes are actually a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun talking to Garrett, and we tried to figure out how cars are animatronic, but also people, and how the universe of cars exists. Um, And it was a wacky, fun time. So that was good. So that's at TooFast2Forever.com. If you want to join over there, there are now, I think, nine. Let me see here. Hold on. How many bonus episodes are there? There are, yeah, nine bonus episodes that will never be on the main feed. So if you want to get all those, TooFast2Forever.com. Uh, yeah, we did go to the Mets game. You guys left after the first game. I stayed with my friend Dylan, who's that's joined for the whole 
second game. He and I hung out the whole time. We saw the second game and then went back to his place because his wife was having a birthday party on Sunday. So I hung out in the city on Sunday. We did some stuff in the city in the morning, then hung out, saw her friends in the afternoon, and I went home. So a wonderful weekend. Cool. Uh, on Monday, I had another How to Win the Lottery pod hang out with Bob. We did a... Uh, a book by Haruki Murakami, who's this huge... Do you know Murakami? If it's the really, really old Japanese writer, then yes. If not, then nope, no. Nope, he's still around. He nope. is probably like the most popular, best-selling, non-English speaking author in the world, probably. What kind of stuff did he write? What would I know? The Wind-Up Bird Chronicles, 1Q84, Hard-Boiled nope. Wonderland, The End of the World. The book that we did was Colorless Sukuru Tazaki and His Years of Pilgrimage, which is a book that I had owned that we fit into the theme that we were doing. So we covered that book, and then we watched the movie that came out two or three years ago called Burning, which is a Korean movie that is based on a short story he wrote, not the book that we covered, but it's based on a book called, our short story called Barn Burning that we read, which is like 13 pages or something. So we also read that, and then we watched that movie, and that movie was great, um, but hung out with Bob and did that. So that'll be out in a couple weeks, because we're a little bit ahead, because the next book we're doing is like a thousand-page book that is like difficult to read as well, instead of just not just being long, Sounds but just fun. difficult. We will... Uh, we we were building up a little bit of a lead, so How to Win the Lottery every other Thursday. New episode out tomorrow as we record this, yesterday for patrons, or last Thursday for everyone. It's called Memories of My Father Watching TV by Curtis White. Who wrote this other book called Requiem, which is amazing and really cool and really weird, uh, that Bob loves and recommends me, and I love too. And this is different, but also good. So How to Win the Lottery every other Thursday. Check that out. But I also want to say, so two recommendations. One I meant to say last week that I just forgot, uh, but there is on Netflix, there's the new season, the second season of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Have you heard about this? Have you seen the show? Do you know about the show? When I saw the pictures of this guy, I feel like you told me about this when we were watching like Joe Parra Talks to Me or something. I feel like I watched a couple episodes of it because like I remember like, I remember it some for some reason i don't know if i well, finished his, it he, he has become memes all over twitter because each season's like six episodes each episode's like 15 or 17 minutes so it's very very short uh probably about like an hour 40 maybe each season uh season one came out like two years ago season two came out last week i think it's just it's wonderful it's it's one of the funniest things on tv it's on netflix he's great he was from detroiters which he did with sam richardson who is richard splett on veep He's not, it's it's a different kind of comedy altogether than Joe Perra, but also just, he's also wonderful. Uh, season two, I watched last Tuesday, Wednesday, I was going to mention on the pod, but forgot to. So recommendation to anybody who likes kind of sketch comedy or just funny things or whatever, I think you should leave on Netflix. But then specifically for you, but also for listeners, I have a new movie, not a new movie, it's like 35 years old, by a very famous director, but a, an underseen one you might have already seen. Have you seen the movie After Hours by Martin Scorsese? No. Okay, you should watch it. Um, stars Griffin Dunn. It's got a bunch of different people in it. Both of the parents from Home Alone are in it. I'm not going to tell really? you anything about it. It's reminded me, feeling-wise, of Miracle Mile. It's a different story altogether than Miracle Mile, but I was like, oh my god, Like nobody makes movies like this anymore. It's a New York movie that all takes place in a single night after midnight, the, after, the titular after hours. It's amazing. I loved it so much, and I think you guys would really like it. This so, seems it's up also my like alley. Yeah. an hour and a half. So watch that. And I also watched The King of Comedy with De Niro and Jerry Lewis. Have you seen that one? That's also another Scorsese. No, I haven't seen that. That's also great. I would recommend After Hours to you first. I think I think you'd also like King of Comedy, but King of Comedy was basically almost entirely ripped off by Joker. Oh, like not okay. not that I you know not that I had to hate Joker even more, but people were you know making fun <laughs> of Joker for ripping off Taxi Driver. But it's like, well. 
he also like more directly ripped off the King comedy. So uh, both of those are worth seeing. I don't know that any are either streaming free anywhere, but we can check them out. Uh, after sure. hours, especially it's less like like ninety seven minutes. It's very short, but it's it's wonderful. It's funny and it's stressful and it's just it's overall great. So after hours, and cool. I think you should leave. So something to tense you up and something to ease all that tension. Those are my recommendations for I'm the this, week. I'm saving this after hours one. I'll definitely get into that. That this definitely sounds right up my alley. So thank you. We have a Patreon page, Too Fast, TooForever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke Hayden, and Renato DiDonato, Michael McGann, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Yes. Thank you all so much for supporting at the $5 Thank a you. month level or above. If you want to get those nine bonus episodes, if you want to help pick what we watch, like Larson picked for this episode. Mm-hmm. If you want to get stickers and swag and other merchandise, too fast, forever.com, please. And thank you. Also, if you have not yet left a review or a rating or whatever on Apple Podcasts, please do so. That helps people find it. It just surfaces it more. Apple cares more about that stuff than downloads. So if you want to do that, please. And thank you. And then also, we have an email address, family at cageclub.me. We've got a handful of emails today. So Nick sent one that says, so they're listening to us and me. And it's a Hallmark ornament, but the picture doesn't work. And I responded, I said, hey, can you send us the, uh, send it again? He did not get back to us. So okay. hopefully in the future, we will have one from him. We have two from Jenny. First one, subject line thoughts. This is Jenny one as she signs the emails now. Jenny McMullen. <laughs> she, she's Jenny. You're always first in our hearts, just to let you know. Hi, guys. Corey was a funny, entertaining guest. Not surprising considering his line of work, but especially enjoyed that super long episode. It was over three hours. It was crazy that you have two fans named Jenny. Happens all the time in school, on Facebook, in my Bunko group of 12, and even when I was a bank teller many, many years ago. Welcome (laughs) to the new Jenny. Well... She says, now, what really inspired me to write in was Joey's podcatcher story. This is me talking about using three different apps to listen to all my shows. Now I'm down to one, which is great. I was surprised to hear you listen to so many, but then I counted mine and I'm subscribed to 17 with four additional to fill in. I'm still using the iPhone 6. I got as a hand-me-down in 2015. Ooh, that's old, but all right. I prefer the term frugal as opposed to cheap. Good. No, I mean, if it works, it works. works. Hey, man, I'm all for riding it out as long as possible. So, amen. This is why I was surprise because the next number because i saw this only 12 gigabytes which is very very small very so I have to really have to limit apps and memory in a major way apple podcast is the only one i've ever used so i don't really know what i'm missing and i like it that way well okay, okay. there's one where i just like apple upgrade i'm just like i cannot use this anymore so <laughs> yes if I you understand. if you're sticking it out good for you yeah hang in there glad you're able to get yours together is wtf one of them it is indeed i do listen to mark maron's podcast he said recently or she says recently mark has interviewed quentin tarantino and danny trejo both felt like fast connections because of the movies you've yep. watched really enjoyed both of those would recommend checking them out that's for all that's all for now jenny one i did listen to those uh the tarantino one i thought was good he also that week interviewed steven soderbergh which is a cage oh, club yeah. connection because mike and tobin and i did an entire season on all of his movies yep and that was great and then danny trejo one was really good too so i'm glad that you like those and enjoy those yes that's like do you do all three of those in one week no he does two a week so it was it was tarantino and soderbergh one week and then i think the next week was trejo and someone but that was recently yesterday's was still insane james murphy i think from i think that's his name from the 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 dude from lcd sound system 
was Monday's guest. Yeah, that's insane. He has such I mean, he's like, guest. it's like the yeah. podcast of record. It's like him and Rogan, right? So. Yep. Yeah, he's, they're like the two guys. Yep. So cool. And then Jenny follows it up with saying one word, Giselle. So this is what we talked about as. Yeah. We'll come back to this. Sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit. I'm doing some shorter ones first. This one is from Alex Ellen in subject line Cars Thoughts. So this is the Patreon bonus exclusive episode. What's Just up, to Alex? pile on the confusion on what the world and society is, Tow Mater is a tow truck in a junkyard. Yes, cool. Yes. He's surrounded by car parts. Is that the equivalent of a person being surrounded by people parts? Is Tow Mater <laughs> actually the Ed Gein of the Cars universe? Also, cars in the same universe as planes, so they aren't just limited to cars. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like a weird. He's like in this weird like graveyard. Maybe he's like more like an undertaker. Yeah, but like you don't leave just like body parts above ground in piles. But that's very true. Very very. And true. that you know, the more you think about those movies, the weirder they get. Yeah, it is. I weird. don't know. Here's an email from Wells, subject line, not sure why it's all in bullet points, but it's all here, and I mean all. Yeah. So this one, remember we? I, I cracked the code on why. Some text was bigger. I don't know why this is bullet points. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why this is. I got nothing. So we'll find out. You think Vince and Jesse are bitter watching the franchise at this point? I think I've asked this before. At least Vince got a second movie. Bringing Jesse back in fast 11-year seatbelts would be the ultimate fan-friendly maneuver. Not necessarily evil, but just a super smart, mischievous motherfucker causing mayhem with his ADHD and brainwaves. Honestly, at this point... I want every character to come back that has died. Dom's dad, who's probably the voice from Hobbs and Sheezy, Giselle, Tran, and his cousin, Bilkins, even though he didn't die, I still want him back. What has been happening lately is a lot of people have realized that, like, Leon's gone. And I think, like, Leon's probably more hurt because, like, his character didn't even die. We've talked about this. That, like, he's just, like, they just, like, left him in California. No, but he said that he didn't want to do it anymore. No, it was Neela that said she didn't want to do it anymore. No, Leon, too. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, then... (laughs) That might have been because they left him behind. I don't know. But he has said that he won't. He doesn't want to do any more movies. That's that's still. A I know that idea. Chad Lindbergh wants like Jesse wants to come. I mean, Jesse died, but he wants to come back. I, yeah. Leon and Neela, both for different reasons, whatever those reasons are, have basically disavowed the franchise. OK, makes sense. Poor Chad Lindbergh. He's like the only one that does want to come back and his character's dead and they like are reviving everybody else but him. So when Letty came back at the end of five, we had no idea. Right. I don't know. This is this was before I was a fan. Do you know? I what that Letty was going to come back? Yes, that like was that teased or was that a surprise reveal in the theater? I think it was a surprise reveal in the theater. I don't okay. remember like hearing about it beforehand. He says I know she wasn't back, but they showed her face on the paper and it was amazing because at the time they hadn't introduced Jesus like comebacks yet. Vince and Dom's baby mama can come back even though I don't really want them to. Maybe Vince, but it's not super necessary. Vince is the ultimate doucher for a stepbrother with his net shirts and colorful language. <laughs> yeah, he is. Did we see an Elena body, by the way? No, she shot off screen. Okay, so Elena is very likely that she could come back. Vince is, like, dead in the car, bleeding out, dead. I don't know that Elena will come back because Cypher or one of Cypher's goons shoots her point blank on that plane and Dom sees her die. So, like, you would think Dom, the family guy that he is, family first, would rescue her or save her. Oh, you're right, because he kind of gives up on her. Yeah, because he's on the plane with her. So, like, unless there's some, like, we needed her to be undercover or whatever, like, which 
But I don't know that people like watching these now would be like, Elena, like people know Han because Han's in, like four or five movies, right? It would be a huge reveal for us. But like the the amount of legwork we would need to do to make it work within the universe to the payoff that it would have. I don't know that that would work. Giselle, on the other hand, people know her, love her. She just sort of tumbles, right? Like, Yeah, she falls presumably into the engine and dies, but we don't see that. As much as I would like, well, I don't even think she falls in the engine, right? She just, like, she shoots, she jumps off the back of that Jeep to shoot the guy who's about to kill Han. So she yeah. just, like, falls into the runway, like, hard. I mean, she doesn't, like, get, like, sucked into the engine or, like, impaled yeah. like Gina Carano does, right? So Fair, yeah. And I think as much as I would like to see Vince back, he kind of, he he had his farewell, right? Like, he does a, he does a heroic yeah. thing. He tries to betray them, but then he saves the day or whatever. We kind of wrote that off with them leaving the bag of money for them, right? So... Yeah. I think he's more likely than Elena, but also I think he and Elena are just donezo. I think so, too. So Wilson's in his new his new rankings. He says, here's my order. I'm going to say this. 9F, 9F rivals 5 for my fave solely because of the comeback. So that said, here we go, starting from the bottom. So his number 10 movie is Furious 7, which was his bottom before. Okay. Then 4F, 4F, which tumbles a few spots. Okay. Then Hobbs and Shaw, he puts in parentheses, the only note he adds is, haven't seen in a while. So that stays in the same place. Okay. Then 8F, 8F, which tumbles a spot or two. (laughs) 6F, 6F, which tumbles a spot or two. Okay. The original one, which tumbles a spot or two. 2F, 2F, which goes up a few. So that's that's moving up. Okay. His number three movie is nine. Then number two is Tokyo Drift. And number one is five, which is, you know, what he had before. Breaking into the top three. That's pretty crazy. Like I said, like I was nervous that like I was just so hyped the first time I watched it, and then when I left the second time, I was like, I still really like this. I'm waiting for it to like to make it into a lap. I think that like by the time we come back around and we watch through all of them and then watch it again, I could really put it into context and see where it is. But like it still feels like a like a top four, top five one to me for sure. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you don't have to give your official contractually obligated rankings until after next lap. Yes, which feels appropriate, I think. Sure. He says it changed a little in the bottom half, which I documented as we went through. He says, I was baffled that F8 F8 came out in 2017. I thought that came out after I found your podcast. Obviously not, though, since I've been listening for four years, and I don't think you've been doing it for four years, unless I'm dead wrong. No, our four-year anniversary will be this December. So, no, wait, no. Three no, four, four, year, four, four year, no, four year, four year. That this December, it was, it was December 2017. There you go. Okay. Because it was the December right before I bought my house, which was in March, April of 18. So perfect. I'm bad with time. It's meaningless to me, so I don't keep track of it. I swear it came out. We all saw it and then discussed it, but I know nothing anymore. Time flies at warp speed. It's not my fault. Holy shit, bros! You did did start this in 2017. I just checked. But when did I come over to play? Tell me something to calm me down. I'm freaking out. <laughs> Well, if you remember the first lap, which was just the eight movies, and then the tune-up relap recap was once a month. Oh, so yeah, so it's kind of most longer, yeah. Yeah, like through like August-ish. And then I think by the end of the first lap, we're like, we should probably bump this up. And we went to every two weeks, and then I think shortly thereafter, we like supercharged Gosling and then killed Channing. And then, yeah. you know, we went to every week and then twice a week and then back to every, every week and Patreon bonus episodes. So, yeah. Yeah. You're good, though, Wells. Don't freak out. You're okay, yeah. Just smoke more weed. You're going to be fine. Mm, you'll be all right, yeah. In 9F9F, it's the second time in the franchise they reference Rome compensating for a small weenie. Han did it in 6, and Roman totally set himself up for it. Yeah? Yeah. Twinkie doesn't go by Twinkie anymore, but he doesn't say what his name is. I hope it's, Bri- <laughs> I hope it's Brian. <laughs> 
I mean, there's already enough Bryans, right? There's two Bryans, so why not a third? Is Bow Wow the savior? What if they just cast Bow Wow as Brian and everybody just pretends like the Aunt Viv switch? Like, nobody acknowledges it. There was somebody, I think, has a... I don't remember who it was, but I saw something in an email somewhere with a Twinkie theory. It's not that, but it's a different Twinkie theory, so just... Maybe maybe Twinkie will be back. Maybe he won't. I don't know. No, but I want I want him to like them to address that like he's no longer Twinkie. But then like in ten, Twinkie steps out of like Bowwell steps out of the skyline. They're like Brian's back, and like Mia runs up and hugs him. Well, he was already at the barbecue, so he plays. Yeah, both I don't think like, I I think they could like when when we. I mean, that's a slight spoiler for F nine. It's also in the trailer for F nine the thing, but. Mike had the idea that, like, if you're going to bring Brian back, you don't need to CGI, just have one of Paul Walker's actual brothers do it. I think you could kind of Aunt Viv switch it like that. I don't think you could take a, mo- a character existing in the universe <laughs> already and be like, oh, yeah, he's Brian now. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> he's a he's a variant, you know, just like this is just variant Brian. We just up here putting duct tape on shit, the best Rome line ever, top three at least. I mean, it's not, it's no, it's no hungry, but it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. It is good. I guess these are some F9 spoilers. It's I, I, I it's hard it's hard to I think we've gotten to a point where it's like we're 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 blending. It's not like huge spoilers though. Like that's Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I'll keep theories separate, but well whatever. Okay. They do go so hard on car stuff in the first one they nerd out about it completely. I'm watching it right now. Yeah, they do. They do. Mia calls Vince V in the infamous 42 fake. She pulls on him in the kitchen when she asks him what the name of the restaurant is and then asks Brian to take her there. I never realized this, and it's kind of awkward. Why is it awkward? Because it's like a, it's kind of like a pet name. I get that why, you know what I mean? It's like v, She's like, V? Because everybody else calls him Vince. or did, like I can see. I feel like maybe he didn't, but I feel like I could hear Dom calling him V. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's like the crew's uh, name for it, like his nickname amongst I mean, them. he's known him since the third grade. He has. But I also think that she's using it there. It's not awkward because she's using it there to like. It's to part of the him. act. Yeah. yeah. All these Dom family memes make me smile. They're so wholesome and fun, and people are so creative. It's all a good part of the internet. Well, we disagree about that, but we have talked about that. Uh, we have talked about that, and the Fast and Furious tuna posting group is incredible. I've been sending some of the good memes to Wes, and we've been laughing about them because we know that you're not a big fan of shitty Photoshop memes. Wells, if you do use Facebook, go check out the Fast and Furious Tuna posting group because that's where they all are and they're hilarious. Then Wells sends another one of the TikTok things from Semi Stupid, which I sent to you, which was pretty good. It was uh, them in Neptune's Net eating yeah. shrimp and meal tickets and so on and so forth, which is pretty good. I, I like those a lot too. I do. There's been this kid and he does like the, the end of every Fast and the Furious movie and it's like just the barbecue on TikTok that I've been seeing in that group too. And um, those are pretty fun too. So I don't know if Wells has run across those, but there's like one kid, it seems like he's in California and he just does like scenes of the Fast and the Furious where he plays like all the characters. It's like, it's, it's pretty fun. So I've decided as soon as F9 comes out on DVD, I'm going to watch them all in this order and see what it's like. Well, it should be, so theoretically it should be on VOD in like a week or two, I think. And it'll probably be out on Blu-ray and DVD and stuff like in September, I would guess. Maybe October, but like not that far off. So you're that you kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you're getting close to that reality. Right. I don't know if you'll be able to get a deals all day at Rasputin. You might have to pay full price for it, but you know. Yeah, true. Unless somebody buys it, hates it, and then sells it to Rasputin, then you can pick up a deal all day at Rasputin, right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh boy. Okay, this is so. Then he sends in an order of the furthest one from the last one I watched. Method. I watched them in order so many times that I figured I'd switch it up. So he's gonna do one. 
oh, he's going to do it in this order. Okay, yes. Wild. And I uh, I still don't know which one. I guess because he's watching one now. So, okay, but it's, I guess, most recent to longest ago, one nine two eight three six four five. Which makes sense because he just saw nine in theaters and he's watching one yes. as his email or whatever. So, so he just <laughs> just the Wells Universe order. If just... you're gonna watch it in that order, sure, why not? Just switch it up. <laughs> Mix it up, man. See how it feels. Tell us if you notice anything weird when you connect them this way. Wait, so Dom was 34 in the first one in real life, and he was literally motorboating Letty, who's 21 in real life. Kind of crazy. Well, you know, both of age. She seemed consenting. That was okay. They're actors. It's just, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I think I was wrong when I said Dom walked out with a shotgun and nine the same way he did in one, unless because I just watched that scene. He's not pointing it at Brian. Could it be another scene? Why did I think that? Now I'm all no, fucked up again. I recovered from the earlier part of this ramp, but now I'm confused again. <laughs> he does. The, the, the nine and the one are like very intertwined with the shotgun scene, at least. It's like when Jesse's like, when he pulls up. And he walks out of the house. It's like the same scene. It was definitely meant to be that. Anyway, bros, I've talked for way too long. Can't wait for more F9 talk. It's been glorious. I'll see you on the other side. Peace, anus, you anus piecers. Well, he sent this six days ago, so it was before the F9 second gear episode was out. So you have another two hours of us talking about F9 with the Mikester. So hopefully, and then, you know, in a couple weeks, two weeks from today, we'll have a, we'll hopefully consider, I'm hoping it's going to be on VOD, talk about it again with Kara. So, you know. Oh, true. More F9. More F9. Cool. I'm excited. I want to hear Kara's thoughts on it, too, because she's like a new convert. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so it's, it'll be interesting to hear her perspective of someone that doesn't have any nostalgia with the franchise watching F9. So oh, that'll be nice. Hopefully it's on VOD so she can watch it. Now we're back to the Jenny McMillan email. One word, Giselle. Okay. Hi, guys. Another theory as to why Han was taken out of the game with a faked death. This is just some light F9 spoilers. He's lost the lo- He lost the love of his life, Giselle. He needed yeah. a distraction and time to grieve. What better way than focusing on a kid? Not sure how long after he lost her to when he's back in Tokyo, and it did look like he was enjoying the single life again, but maybe that wasn't working. Enjoy the episode with Mike. Later, Jenny won. Jenny, we always have uh, a joke in our house when something's going wrong and like a marriage is falling apart like how do you solve it have a child right <laughs> like, like, so yes Go on I, a reality show exactly yeah exactly like i understand this sounds right but also that seems like a really bad idea for han it's like man how do i get over like grieving the loss of the, the one person i loved it's like adopt this child that'll fix everything <laughs> yeah man but yes it does it does seem like it might work like how did it work for everyone else it never works but it might work for us i don't know i don't know in our last email from wes these family memes are getting out of control what up fam (laughs) what up wes i feel like your mailbag is always overflowing with awesome comments so i don't feel as compelled to write in but i figured i'd drop a line and a couple thoughts i heard from the episode with Corey. he was a great guest and a lot of fun to listen to even though he didn't die on air i apologize this does contain some very light spoilers for f9 if you're still keeping those separate at this point, which, again, we talked about, I don't think we are, but we'll see. I think that, like, by the next episode, it's fucking over. Like, you got, you had three weeks, guys. Well, I mean, some people want to wait. People don't want to go to the theaters for COVID. There's there's justifiable there reasons is, this That's time. right. That's very, very true. Touche. You're right. It's not on VOD yet. It says, I know exactly where San Angelo is. My dad went to Angelo State University. When you talk about ASU in Texas, you need to clarify Arizona State or Angelo State. Sung's Garage, podcast that a lot of people have talked about, very rarely about Fast and Furious, which is part of the reason I like it. They bring it up a bit because that's Sung Kang's connection to the car world, but mostly it's about him talking to car guys about their cars and what the community means to them. 
Sometimes he talks to actors who went to cars. Sometimes he talks to people in the Fast and Furious world. Sometimes he talks about Han, but mostly it's an avenue to discuss car culture and philosophy on life. So you want to learn more about him and not necessarily just in relation to Fast and Furious, and you're at least a little interested in cars, it's a good podcast. Cool. I recommend watching it on YouTube because you usually get a Zoom call with the guests and they show off their cars, so the visuals are helpful. Ah, uh, nice. That makes sense, yeah. Joe, I think you're right. They never named Dom's dad until nine, but I only recently discovered in the seven IMDb an uncredited listing for young Dom, played by Alex McGee, and Anton Toretto, played by Andrew Ayala. I can't find anything else about this except an old Tumblr post talking about it from before the movie was in production. I'm thinking Anton was going to be Papa Toretto, and based on what I've read, plus some of my own assumptions, I think the original version of Seven was going to mostly focus on Letty, her past, and her struggle to regain some of her memories. Because remember, that's the one where there's deleted scenes where she goes to the hospital, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. then there's the scene of her getting the phone call in the car or whatever. Yep, yep, that's true, yes. They could have worked some flashbacks in there since Dom and Letty have known each other since they were kids. Of course, when Paul died, they had to rework the story and focus less on Letty. I'm guessing the flashback stuff with these two actors was never shot. Anton's a cool name, but Jack makes much more sense with the context of Mia and Brian's son. I agree, I agree, I agree. Yes. Like, even if they didn't have that thought in mind, they're just like, oh, well, they had a boy, they need to name a boy's name. Like, you could just, like, retroactively name the dad that, right? Like, it could have been any name. and just Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. If it would have been Anton, it could have been Anton. It doesn't matter. But yep. I, I just was saying, like, I don't think that they said it before. Sure. This is the first time I made that connection. And, I mean, we watched the, we watched the first one, like, minute by minute, right? So we Yeah, it's not in the first one. There's only a handful of other scenes. Like, I remember it could have my been. father. Like, it could be in yep. that one. But, like, I don't think it's in there either. Like, there's, there's very few times where it would have come up. Because otherwise, we would have been, like, on one of these videos, we would have been like, holy shit, or whatever, right? But, no. Yeah. One other thought about the Tokyo Drift crew in F9. What if Twinkie is related to Dinkley? This is, the, this is what I saw before. He could be Twinkie's uncle or cousin. They have similar goofy names. They have a similar big mouth. They're always wheeling and dealing. Twinkie was an army brat. Dinkley was in the military. We know Dinkley has hookups with military aircraft, so maybe he knew someone at this German jet propulsion lab, and that's how the Tokyo Drift crew got their spot there and how they got the plane they launched the Fiero off of. That's why Twinkie's the linchpin, even though he's not doing any of the actual work. This felt more like a joke when I first thought about it, but now, maybe it's legitimate. I was like, okay, haha, when you first started, and then I started thinking about it, and I'm with you. Like, we kind of talked ourselves into a reality here, huh? Well, I think one of the big questions, and I don't remember if it was a mic thing or a listener thing or one of the things that we said, and I don't think it was me, but someone was like, how did they get the Germany? It's like, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. But, like, that's just where they wound up, right? But it would make sense if there was the family connection. They're like, hey, you want to do this wild rocket car shit? I've got a field for you. Yeah, and Dinkley would be logical. On the topic of Cypher movie, yes, give me whatever FNF content you want. I'll take a Cypher movie, and I agree she's the best actor in the series, or at least in the top tier. My biggest problem is that I don't really care about her character, but more than that, she's a remorseless narcissist of a villain, and putting her at the center of a spinoff means they're going to try to make her sympathetic and relatable. Well, probably, but not necessarily, but probably. Probably. Maybe there's a way to get there, but I don't care because I don't want her redemption. I don't need her to be a tragic character. That's why I'm okay with them sweeping Owen under the rug. Yeah, Cypher was running him, but he was wantonly murdering people because it was fun, and that's a little hard to come back from. They're having a hell of a time redeeming Deckard, and he was at least going after them for a reason that fans should understand better than anyone in the world. Cypher has her reasons, but in the end, she's not really trying to make things better. She just wants power. If they make it, I'll watch it, and I fully believe... They can give her a backstory that justifies her trajectory, but she's like 20th on the list of characters I want spinoffs of. I agree. 
I'm fine with it. I think that I think a cipher spinoff, even if it's a sympathetic backstory, like a Cruella. True. Yeah. I would rather have her than honestly most other characters. Really? Yeah. You feel that way? Why? Just because she's such a good actress and like. Well, it's, it's partly that, but I don't need to know more about like Mia. Really, I don't need to know more about Roman or Tej. Like, I don't need to know more about. I don't think they would do a Brian movie because Paul's dead. Yeah. We're supposedly getting a Dom spinoff. Why I'm interested in it is like is kind of what Wes writes about, but in, in in reverse. Like we don't know anything about her. Like we I don't want know to know about, about her. her. You're right. Yeah. That's because she true. feels so important, and like they're continuing to slowly flesh out the world. And I know that we're probably going to get a little bit more about characters as these things go on, but like I think generally, like it's going to be like narrative from here on out. And I'm kind of fine with that. Like I I'm okay with Cipher. I think. I would like a spin-off movie of like Mr. Nobody and his organization. I think that could be cool. Okay. That would be near the top of my list. I think Cypher's definitely up there. You're looking for things that fill the most gaps of things we haven't seen yet. Yes, correct. Uh That's the fair. Han and Giselle trilogy that we've always talked about between five and six. Like that yep. would be great. Yep, yep. Like there are characters that I really love, but I think like of the main, like of the core family who's left, obviously I will watch and enjoy any of the movies, but I I I think I'd rather have a cipher movie than like anyone in the in the core family. I I get it. That's that's a fair assessment. That's a good one. Which to I didn't actually it. think about until like just now, but like yep. yeah. he has her list of twenty and I think you sort of agree, but like you're like, why her? But I, I, I just I This makes sense when you when you when we flesh it out. I agree. Yeah, at first glance it's like, yeah, I don't I don't I don't want to know more about her. She's a villain. Like I don't want her sympathetic, but like give me more. There's so much to fill in the gaps there. It's such a blank page that it could really work well. I Plus, I still think it would be funny if they cast Anya Taylor-Joy as a young cypher, too. Like, I just I want to push that narrative, <laughs> keep pushing the narrative. It wouldn't be crazy to bring her in because she's a huge box office draw. So get her as young cypher, please, and thank you. Yeah. What characters would you want a spinoff of more than cypher? Han and Giselle, yes, obviously. Han and Giselle, yes. Would you like a Mr. No? Like, do you think a Mr. No? I think a Mr. Nobody thing would be cool. I don't know if we're going to get one, but, like, that's got to be up there, too. Like, Mr. That's Nobody whole... feels like series... That would be a la Loki, sure, Vision. Okay. I can also see like a 45 minute chunk, like the flashbacks that we got here to Dom's dad as like in 10 or 11, whatever, like a bunch of like just Mr. Nobody background. Yeah, that's why I was saying it feels more like a series that would be its own show because sure. it yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. really affiliate with any like it wouldn't like affect the main storyline and you could do the back the flashbacks in that and you'd be like, oh, that's cool. And I would definitely watch it, right? Like, you know, eight episodes, couple... It could run forever because, like, as long as... It could go from the time that he was in the FBI until whatever happens to him, right? Like, until the movies start. Or even if the movies start, because they can kind of exist around the movies. So, I think that would be interesting. I don't know. Leo and Santos would be cool now because they've, like... that We know so little about them, too. The Shaw family... Like, together, but just the Shaw family. Like, Owen, Deckard, Queenie, and Hattie, all together. So just Hobbs and Shaw, but minus The Rock? More so, like, like them as, like, a crime family. Not Hobbs and Shaw as a buddy cop movie. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, Queenie, like, running it, calling them in to do stuff. That would be interesting. Those are the things I have on the top of my head. Lastly, since Corey brought it up, I'd love to get some expanded universe books or comics. I think this is because... I think because this isn't fantasy or sci-fi, although it's debatable now, Universal probably isn't thinking that, but it's become such a big connected world, it would fit. 
I've talked to you about different stories I'd love to see and some wacky ones I'd like to write if I had time or talent. Well, okay. It's actually been my secret desire for a long time to write a novelization of at least one because it should exist. Add in some of the deleted scenes to flesh out the backstory. It's perfect for the medium. Maybe I'll get around to doing it just for fun and Vin will be so impressed. He'll tap me to head up the Fast and Furious Legends <laughs> EU of novels and graphic novels. Seems reasonable. That's all for now. Until next time, stay furious. Wes. I think we can call in Heather. She can be the editor. Heather will be good. She's got she's got connections. She's got ins. Yeah, so Wes get cranking. Uh, my friend's wife works for Doubleday, maybe? So, like, she's got, you know, we've got book connections, too. i got book connections, too. So, and Bob is friends with a bunch of authors and stuff. So, yeah, just That's write cool. it. We'll, you know, we'll make it happen. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. That's all the emails. Family at cageclub.me if you want to write in. But on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. I don't think I've seen any. We're recording something on Brian O'Connor's birthday, which is very exciting. Ooh, we are. Interesting. I haven't seen anything because it's just like people watching F9. But no, I haven't seen any real news because I think we're kind of just riding the sure the hype train of it, right? And just every two weeks we get a new spinoff announced. And this is the off week. So next week we'll have another <laughs> spinoff yes. movie announced. <laughs> Exactly, yes. Well, the final thing to do before we talk about burning or burnout or whatever it's going to be called is the Fast and Furious Minute, the Too Fast, Too Furious Minute, Minute 18, a minute I titled after a line of dialogue, a very dialogue-heavy minute you will hear in the interest of justice. Customs here has done a great job of getting us this far. I'm just here to help get them over the top. I was able to get an agent in undercover, working travel and logistics for him. Recently, Verone put her in charge of finding some new drivers. Right, although we can't confirm her status right now. Well, you think she's flipped? She's one of mine. She's all right. She's been in with Verone nearly a year. Even lives at the compound with him now. Look, it was the FBI's idea to bring you in here. I'm against it. But we need some good drivers that can put this asshole and his money together. You're going to roll with Agent Dunn here. And if I don't? Well, here's a list of the laws you broke in L.A., Instruction of justice, aiding and abetting, you know the rap sheet. Now we can make this all go away in the interest of justice. If you're willing to play ball. Yeah. So what's the idea here? Dunn and I are supposed to be street racers? That's right. From this minute, agents Bilkins and Markham continue to fill Brian in on their plan. They let Brian know they have an agent undercover with Verone. And they let him know their plan, have him and Agent Dunn pretend to be street racers. So we're getting close to the Gallo 12 and Gallo 24. Very close. Not there yet. But this is the first time that Agent Dunn is named. The first time that we allude to Monica Fuentes, who Brian has seen, but I don't think knows the connection there. No, he doesn't know yet. And also the first in a long line of things where Brian is going to do work for the cops or government organization or something in order to get his record wiped clean. So <laughs> yes, important you're minutes. right. But uh, very dialogue heavy, but is there anything in here that you noticed that you want to talk about? No, I wanted to help get the names behind Dunn, and they're, like, blurred just enough to where, like, I couldn't make any conscious decisions on them. And like, at an annoying angle. Yeah, so, like, there, there looked like there was one, the guy named Todd Hanks, which I thought was funny for you. Cool, but, like, I okay. Can't, I can't confirm any of these. The only one that's like in a font big enough to actually read is Carter Verone, which makes sense. He wants to be the focal point for the movie. Nobody's supposed to be reading these names behind these guys, but they're specifically blurred, like just enough that you can't actually get any names out of them. We learn a lot 
in this minute narratively. Like in terms of like exposition dump, we get a lot here. We don't know they don't they don't name Monica Fuentes, but this is basically They're like setting up hey, this is this is what this movie's gonna be about, right? Yep. We saw a race 100%. but here's what the story is. And so it's important, but just for our sake, just like yeah, I already saw who's in the room. You already grabbed everything off the board. We know what everybody's wearing. Agent Dunn is now holding the, the pizza cup. Like, there's not a lot else really going on, which isn't bad, but just, you know, for the purposes for us, of what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's no cars. It's just Brian's face. So the trivia question I have, because we could do something that Markham or Vilkin says, but I think an important thing is what is the name of the agent who was originally tapped to be an undercover street racer with Brian? This is an excellent question. I 100% agree. And I like before your... last week, would you have known this answer? Because I don't think that I would have. Absolutely not. No yeah, right. way. Okay. I have no idea who this guy is. And so I have as the answer is Agent Adams, Agent Dunn, Agent Gallo, wink, wink, and Agent Jones. And so there's also an inside baseball thing because uh, there was a baseball player for a while named Adam Dunn. So I was like, oh, Adams oh. Dunn. Nice. Yeah. There's also a baseball player named Agent Gallo or Joey Gallo. Which Brian not Joey sent Gallo. Us the... But Joey Gallo. <laughs> and Brian sent us the home run derby picture because it said like he had hit 12 home runs. He was like Gallo 12. Mm. So Agent Dunn is the answer who we will hear from next minute. Any other thoughts about minute 18 in the interest of justice? I really thought that we were going to get Gallo 12 in this one, but I didn't realize how much exposition we had between the last minute and this minute. It just actually really put into perspective that there's, like, a lot of dialogue right here. Yeah. Because we've been yeah. here for, like, a full minute now, you know? This is two, and then we haven't even gotten to the Gallo 12 part yet. So. Well, what's funny is that I took the video file for this movie, and I split it into minute-long chunks, which is how we're both watching it, so we can watch on a repeat. Like, we don't have to, like, go to the DVD or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both, like, this minute and the next minute basically have the same starting frame, which is just Brian's face in the, at that desk. I was like, oh, I guess we're not moving. Because I'm like, I don't know which one of these it is. It's one of these two. And I was like, okay, it's the first one. Because, like, it also could have been in the last one. Like, I know he starts in the room last time, but yeah. like, I don't know what that frame was. But, like, nobody, like, basically nobody moves for a full minute because they're just like, here's a bunch of things you need to know. So, yeah. Yep. Let's take a break. Let us come back. Let's talk about burnout or burning. number 191 warning or burnout this episode is brought to you by hatland great ideas move them to them innovation means down-to-earth solutions to real world problems shout out to hatland well shout out to hatland and shout out once again to christian larson for picking this movie this is a movie that i have not heard of had you heard of this or no no never ever so there were apparently three of these there's a warning too i think it's burning because they're they're, okay yeah we're just saying it because it's norwegian and there's the o with the slash through yes but they also so like the the subtitle or the tagline or something is the fast and the funniest yeah Um, furious and the u in funniest is that same o so it might be pronounced like a u i don't know but burnout in america in english burning or burning in norwegian but there are two other sequels to this burning two and burning three i don't know what they're about but this was wildly successful at the Norwegian box office, 
uh, the second most viewed movie that year in the box office in Norway. Wow. And the most viewed Norwegian movie because they apparently did a very big social media push and like got in with the car car people crowd and we're just like hey this is a movie that you should support because like we haven't really had a good one of these yet we're doing our thing come out and support us and like it worked um so it's often referred to as norway's first real car movie okay that's interesting and that's the extent of all the information i have about this movie the wiki has like nothing else and the imdb has no trivia so like big but mysterious i guess it's weird because you had talked about it that the poster says the fast and the funniest. Mm-hmm. And it, I felt like it might be kind of a spoof movie, like the ones that Brian is always trying to get us That's to watch. That's what I was expecting, yes. Mm-hmm. But it was shot like an actual movie. Spoof movies kind of have like a weird cinematic feel to them. Do you know what I'm well, saying? Well, they're, they're generally cheaper. Yeah, so like it's like this is meant to like... Spoof movies are not meant to look good. They're just like, hey, you know the thing. We have the Your ideas. we fill in the gaps. We're going to spend our time and whatever. Hopefully it's good on, like, the jokes and making fun of it or whatever. Yes. So what I first noticed is, like, you know, we're starting this first thing and, like, really early in the movie before even the title card comes up or whatever, like the very yep. first scene. I was like, this feels not like a spoof movie to me because it's shot pretty well. Like, the camera's nice. Mm-hmm. Like... Like, just the framing, everything. I was like, oh, so this is going to be kind of interesting. You messaged me before I had watched it, and I'm watching it today. And I was like, yeah, this isn't really a funny movie at all. Yeah, I spent, like, a lot of the first half hour, like, <laughs> where's the comedy? Because, like, there are jokes and funny things, but, like... There are. It's the same way that Fast and Furious is a comedy. Like, you would never call it a comedy. No. Uh, but there's funny things in there, and I think Fast and Furious movies are largely funnier than this. So, like, once my brain was like, okay, this is not a comedy, I don't know why they're calling it the Fast and the Funniest. Nope. I get why I wanted to allude or reference that. Like, I get that. But it's a weird pun. But, like, once I got through that, I was like, okay. Because then it kind of becomes Cannonball Run, but that's yes. a comedy. Like, that's a racing movie, but that's a firmly, like, first and foremost, a comedy, which we talked about, right? It becomes Smokey and the Bandit. It becomes yep. all of these car movies that we watched. Mm-hmm. But it's not still not a comedy by those standards, even. It ends on a joke, which we'll talk about, but it's like, oh. So I was like, I wonder if, like, the poster just says that thing, and I look on IMDb and Letterboxd, and it's action comedy. Just like, no, like, it's firmly what people are calling a comedy. Like... Like, I've seen other Norwegian movies. I've seen other, you know, like, movies from that area of the world, right? Where it's yeah. just, like, it snows a lot here. It's very cold. We yep. kind of hate our lives. Yep. And there's usually, like, a dark humor, which might not be funny to people, but is, like, objectively comedy. This isn't that either. It's not no. like there's a kind of comedy that, like, we don't find funny. It's just, like, no, it's just a car movie. It's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just, it's a weird thing to bill it as, like, the the fast and the funniest, and then be like, no, it's just like a car movie, which is fine, but it's just, it's so weird. It's so weird. That's, yeah, that's what, my brain was just trying to figure that part out, too. And as a car movie, I actually do find it very enjoyable. They use a lot, like, these guys were definitely big fans of classic car movies when they made this, because they use a lot of the pieces and tropes that we've seen in so many other car movies, and they do it fairly well. They do it in an interesting setting with different characters. They did some new interesting kind of things. But at the same time, yes. Ultimately, though, I'm like, why the fuck did you guys pitch this as Fast and the Funniest? Like, who thought that that was the thing? And then I'm thinking, like, 
is there like some kind of deep Norwegian comedy in this that like we're not getting? All of these like weird Norwegian jokes that like you have to have the culture and history of to get like we're like missing a bunch of pop culture references or something. I don't know. I don't know. Like it that was actually the same kind of conversation that Bob and I were having about the Korean movie uh, about burning because it's just like I wonder if we're like if we're just not connecting to certain things and I, I'm guessing possibly probably but like what was also weird was there's kind of like this like intermediary sort of like they're racing in like a Mustang and a Camaro like it's not like I, I don't know that they make cars in Norway. But, like, there's not, like, a national car pride, right? And then, like, the villains in a Toyota. It's just like, oh. So, like... They're doing imports versus muscle cars. Yes. But they're all imports, right? Like, they're all... (laughs) Yes, yes. You're right. That's a good point. It's import muscle versus import import. (laughs) Import tuner. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're all tuned. Classic cars versus modern imports. I don't know. So, like, I don't know that we're missing anything because I feel like if there were, because I don't think they make a lot of, I don't think they make a lot of references like that. Did you like the movie overall, though? I guess is the question. Did you enjoy this movie? I thought it was pretty good. I don't think that, like, I loved it. I definitely didn't hate it. I was seeing a lot of bits and pieces of other movies in it. It felt like these guys are big car guys, and I don't know what the history. I kind of imagine, you know, like everywhere else, that like Hollywood kind of like permeates everything everywhere, whether you speak English or not. So I don't know if this movie was made to be like, this is their Tarantino-esque blending of all the classic car movies into like, they're like, this is our favorite parts of like all of these movies that we've seen that I could like pick out by, you know, like by the scene. Yeah. And they like kind of made their ultimate movie or like because maybe people haven't seen them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if th- these guys are just really in touch with car movies and they're like, oh, nobody's seen any of these great car movies that we love. Like, let's make a Norwegian version for them. It worked. It's not bad. It's it's good. It's just it's nothing mind blowing to me. It was like nothing that I haven't seen before, maybe. I'm very curious. I would like Larson, if you are listening, I hope you are because this is your episode. Please, like, write in, let us know why you picked this. If this is something that you had seen before, if you had just heard about it. Because, I mean, again, being the start of a trilogy, it's like this is a big thing. And yeah. I think it's selfish, but I think also largely correct that, like, most people in most European countries speak English. Not only are they speaking Norwegian, but they're also speaking English. So, like, car guys, I'm sure will have seen, if they wanted to, movies like we were saying before, Smoking the Bandit, Cannonball Run, and Fast and Furious, and whatever, right? Or if they're dubbed or subbed or whatever when they come to Norway, like, those are probably available in one form or another. Agreed. But I would imagine that this is probably for, like, everyone else. Like, if they've never had a quote-unquote real car movie, I can see them being like, well, let's take all the things that we love. Then I think Mm -hmm. that's the hard thing in the context. Like, I don't know that it's necessarily, like, Norwegian influences, but I think it's the Norwegian history, right? And that might be what you were saying before, but it's like, like, I was looking last night on Letterboxd at, like, Norwegian language films that I've seen, right? Okay. And, like, uh, some of them are just, you know, like, Captain America, the first Avenger, like, has some Norwegian dialogues, but it's like, that doesn't Well, that doesn't count, yeah. A lot of Fantastic Fest, obviously, stuff, you know, really is what I've seen. Like, Thelma is a great movie. Uh, Force Majeure is amazing. The Wave is really good. In Order of Disappearance is great. Like, there's these, like, kind of intense sort of thrillers, but, like, I don't know that there are car movies other than burning so or burning or whatever right yeah so it's also weird that i saw two movies called burning this week maybe who knows i I know know. i was thinking that when you were saying it before with the books i didn't i didn't realize because it's just it's 
so and also in two different languages um that aren't english yeah i i just don't know like I th- it feels important and also a hard to pinpoint the specific context i agree yes but then at the end of the day like it's not a movie that i loved but i enjoyed it mm-hmm. and i enjoyed finding the references and i'm so glad that like it was received so well and that they had two sequels because i thought it was pretty cool also like they're fans of the things like it it was direct it was dedicated to hal needham who we've covered because he did um smoking the bandit cannonball run uh but he also did my favorite movie of all time rad yeah it's just dedicating a movie to a guy like hal needham is like oh we like a very specific kind of thing and i was like that we're in good hands i think Uh, yeah and i think that they did a really good job i i can't find anything to fault about them they did it in a in a very tasteful way, their enjoyment of the other things shown through this, you know, like none of these things were like, Oh, we're just going to recreate that or steal these parts of it. It was like, no, they're paying a lot of homage to things that they like and they've seen before. And it feels very genuine. I also thought that it was going to be much more fast and the furious related based on like the beginning and the like, uh, Supra versus Mustang. And like, this is what we're going to do. And I was like, and like, oh, and they even start the movie at train tracks, right? Like they're yeah. waiting at the train tracks and like there's there there's an oncoming truck. They're playing chicken. And so I'm like, oh, OK, this is going to have like lots of Fast and Furious tones. But then it, it it's really not. It's a lot. It's much more classic. It's, all, it's all the car stuff. Yeah, it's all car things, right? Like, yeah, it's they, they basically without saying that they, they talk about like racing for pinks. And there's also like crazy over the top. Fast and Furious tight stunts, like at one point, so toned down. But yes, yes, yes. But there's there's one thing in particular. Where I was like, oh, that's really kind of cool. But so the the plot of this movie, and remember, this is available to rent or buy on the Microsoft Store or something. Yeah, that's I think so weird. Whatever, I wherever I watch that, I remember. Yeah. Um, the plot of this movie is that in the beginning, in the opening scene, a, a man and wife are in a car and pregnant. they get pulled up She's next pregnant. to. She's pregnant. And they get pulled up next to by a guy in a Toyota, like in a tuner. It's a Supra, yeah. He like revs his engine and the wife is just like, which I thought was kind of cool. She's like, yeah, race him. Like, let's do this. They are racing for $100 because that's just mm-hmm. like what they do. And to avoid a truck, our hero, the main character, swerves out of the way and flips the car and it lands upside down. They both survive. And in a first for me in a movie, her water breaks while she's upside down. I was like, that's actually kind of cool, too. It is kind of cool. I like that. I thought at first I thought she peed on herself like she was so nervous, but it was so against character because she was the one who was like, yeah, race them. Like, we got this. Don't worry about it. So I was like, is she, like, really scared now? And then she's like, oh, my God, my water broke. <laughs> but, yeah. It, yeah, it dripped down. And so they go to the hospital. She gives birth, and he gets arrested. And then there's a really cool thing. It says 14 years, two divorces, yep. and 120 speeding tickets later. We jump ahead in time. He's running, like, an auto body shop, like a garage and, yep. and store. The wife rolls up with her new husband and their new two new kids and the daughter that they had – and she's like, cool, you said you take care of her. We're going away for the for two weeks. And he's yep. just like, what? And then there's this, like, teenage girl around. And this is where the movie kind of loses me, to be honest, because this girl is cool. She's into cars. She loves her dad. She wants to be there. Part she of the wants team, to help. Yeah. And he's just like, Such get a the fuck bag. out of my way. And it's <laughs> like, like, yeah, shut up and sit over there over and over again. Yes. I'm going to come back to this in a second. So they 
the guy who erases 14 years earlier in the opening comes back and they want to race. And there's this funny scene about like how many kilometers it is to this, like the, 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 basically the coast of in the northern coast of wherever, right? Obviously, it's Cannonball Run, but also this felt so need for speed, didn't it? Oh, especially where they wind up. Yes. Uh-huh. And also, okay. so that this movie came out the same year as Need for Speed, and a lot of comparisons that were kind of made, like people who saw this one compared it to Need for Speed, which is, I think, a different thing altogether, because like, that's like a $100 million yeah. Hollywood blockbuster, and this is like Norwegian upstart or whatever, you know, film, not upstart filmmakers, but like a different ballgame altogether, right? So not yes. fair to either of them, really. So then they, they start this kind of ball run, and there's like, instead of just them, there's like a fleet of cars. So there's probably 25 or 30 or maybe even more that are doing this race. Yeah, because I thought it was going to be just those two, but then all of a sudden they're like, oh no, there's a race, like everybody can kick in and it's going to be a giant cannonball run race. Yes, but they're all just racing for $100 because they're like, you want to race a for a pot of $100, like, yeah. Yes. The girl's like, hey, I'm going to come with you. And the dad's like, fuck off. No, you're not. It's like, what are we doing? It's like, stay and, with your grandma. Get out of yeah. here. And so she goes in another car with other people. And Well, then she's like hidden in his car and he's about to pull off and right. yeah. And then eventually, like, before she gets left behind, left behind, because obviously she's not going to, because, like, it's the only other real main character in the movie, because, like, <laughs> yep. the dad is a new girlfriend, but, like, she doesn't, like, she's also racing, but we, like, we barely know about her or whatever. Yeah. Like, clearly the girl's going to come, and so she hides another car and eventually gets in his car, but, like, I was just thinking, like, how difficult it is to root for this guy. There's no, re- like, his daughter is, like, for what he's trying to do in terms of having an auto body shop and racing a cannonball run. Like, I get that you might not want to have someone else with you, but, like, she's your daughter. The they seemingly have the a danger. good... Re- yeah, but, like, that's not really what he's saying, is it? No. He's just, like, if he's letting her, like, work on the car when she gets there, he's like, oh, like, we're buds, and he's like, look, this is going to be a dangerous run, and, like, I know what happened with your mom when I was, when you were a kid, like, when you were in her stomach. I don't want anything to happen to you. But he's not saying that. He's just like, no, just, like, dick off. Like, and she's like, I like engines and stuff. And he's like, I don't care. And, like, he just keeps, like, just pushing her away. And it's so weird. And there is a thing early on where she sabotages him. Like, there's this thing called Street Legal, which is basically their race wars, where it's just, like, one-on-one drag races. And, and she, she sabotages Jacobs him. him. She yeah. Jacobs him hard. Mm-hmm. But instead of blowing up, he just, like, his engine dies, right? And so, yeah. of course, while they're racing... He's like, hey, we're finally bonding. Like, you know, isn't this great? And she's like, I sabotaged your car. And he's just like, I'm like, what? I, I know that has to come out. But like, yes, every little bit of momentum we had toward making this relationship yep. like good yep. was just like, then gets oh, yeah, now we're slammed back shut. One. And then he gets like pissy with her and they're like grumpy for like pretty much the rest of the movie. And like, I just found it hard to root for him when, again, I get not wanting to have another person, even though. It doesn't seem like other people are really taking this too seriously, right? Like, his rival is, but, like, other people, like, have other people in their car and whatever. Like, they have to stop at, like, gas stations and, like, get, like, receipts It seems more places. cannibal run, like, yeah. where it's just, like, it's goofy and, like, it was a fun thing to do. They're more just, comp- like, they're, like, meeting up with other people. Like, they're, they're yeah. not trying to win this, right? Like, it's not like the pot is, like, what the motivation is. It's just, no. like, to do the thing. There's almost no better case scenario to have a co-pilot be... Again, thinking about Dom, like how excited Dom would be if baby Brian wanted to, and who's like 14 in this case, whatever, right? Like if Brian wanted to race with Dom or if Jack wanted to race with Mia or Brian, right? Like it's just like that would be the dream in the Fast and Furious. And here he's just like, 
get out of here. It's just like, wait, what? I like, and I even the other guy addresses it later, like when he like meets up and finally gets, because she was in the other car with the other with like the two old guys. And when he shows up, he's like, you should take your daughter on this race, man. Like, you know, you should build some memories with her. And he's still like, nah, I'm good. It, it is hard. It's very, very hard to root for him. And him being the main character, there's no, like, real hero in this, right? Right. Yeah. And, like, he's not even an anti-hero. He's just kind no. of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, like, what, like, the frustrating thing for me is that, like, I like other parts of this. Like, I like the, con- like the other car with the dude and his son or whatever in the back and the guy who's yep. dying, but then we think dies and doesn't actually die. Like, there's comedy to be had there. There's the yep. girl from we learned about, but, like... 80% of this movie is with the dad and the daughter, and it's just like, I don't want to be here. Like, it just feels... <laughs> awkward silence. Feel awkward. It just feels like a black hole of, like, empathy. And it's just like, this is unfortunate. Yes. If if it was, like, like a, a really dark, sad, <laughs> sad relationship drive movie, I think maybe you would have responded better to it. Like, they're, like, trying to work through their relationship, but he's just, like, being a dick. Like, he's not even just, like... It's not even like he he has like this trauma that he's trying to work through. He's just like, go away. I'm a racer and I don't want you in my world right now. And she's trying so hard to be a part of it. Because I was having such a hard time connecting with that, like it took away from other parts of the story. Like they literally play Eastbound and Down. Like they from do. Smoking the Band, which I think is cool. Yep. And I wrote down at one point, like, is the comedy that like they're going slowly? Like, is it just like that nobody cares? But, like, that's not funny. Like, they're not playing that for jokes. Just it's it's wild. I don't know. I think that there's some things that were supposed to be funny, like when he when he like goes in, he like buys snacks. Part of the part of the race is that they have to stay in Norway because apparently you could like go through parts of Sweden or something and yep. kind of like shortcut. So to make sure that they stay in Norway, they're like you have to like go to a gas station in this town, which is like you know along the border, and like get like a ferry ticket. So like they stop at the first pit stop, which is the gas station. And they're like, you know, you have to get a receipt that just proves that you were there. And he forgets the receipt, and the daughter's like, you know, go get the receipt. And he's like, okay. He just, like, reaches in the trash and grabs a receipt from there, which, honestly, great idea. That totally, like, you have a receipt from there. You know what I mean? Like, unless Mm -hmm. somebody was, like, cheating with you to get you a receipt to hand it to you somewhere else, which would be, like, lame in this thing. Like, and somebody else saw you there. Like, that's fine. And she's like, ooh, gross. And I was like, was that supposed to be funny? Like, was that a joke? Don't know. I don't Couldn't know tell either. you. Yeah. I can also tell you that, like, the same way that we're having things lost in translation, I think it goes in reverse as well. Because, like, early on when they're celebrating, like, people are, like, flying the Confederate flag. It's like, oh, you have no idea what that means. Wait, like, wh- oh, wait, I didn't see this. Oh, when? yeah. Early, early, early on at Street Legal, after the race between the Mustang and the Camaro, there's just people, like, in their cars, like, sitting in the in the convertible, like, on top of the seat or whatever. And they're, like, flying the Confederate flag. And it's just like, oh, oh. Huh. I think maybe that's more of like a Dukes of Hazard general. Well, it's like Lee it's, it's smoking the band but, of Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, but it's still like yeah, do a little research. Which <laughs> I understand that like it's still flown in this country. That only just recently like NASCAR outlawed it. Like it, it was still happening here. And this like, is 2014. Yes. Still ye. Still yeah yeah fair. There's a weird thing that happens, but I think it was also kind of funny and kind of cool. And more reason to root for the daughter is that at one point he gives her like a fish sandwich or whatever right and he's like just eat this there's they're eating a lot of rye bread in this by the way or pumpernickel something that's very brown as the dad calls it ordinary bread 
Ordinary bread. Yeah, exactly. She's like, what kind of bread is this? He's like, ordinary bread. Then she has an allergic reaction to that. They have to go to the I hospital. I did not. If you would have asked me what, like, the pivot point of this movie would have been, peanut allergy was not on my bingo card. Which, again, all. wildly serious for an action comedy. <laughs> yes. Is there, like, a lot of peanut allergy in Norway that we don't know about? Or is don't it just know. like, I don't know. So they go to the hospital, she's fine, and she's like, cool, we're going to go leave, we're going to finish this race. And he's just like, what? And so, like, it's like a, it's an uplifting moment for her. But again, like, I don't remember exactly how he responds, but it just feels like he's not fully on board. Like, I guess he's rightfully concerned that his daughter almost died. Yes. But it's like the daughter, in like kind of a moment of like triumph, and also comedy, is just like, no, we got to finish this race. And it's like, cool, okay. And the dad's like, well, and I'm like, just, I don't know, just pick either a comedy or a drama or an action lane you can go in any any one direction and i would enjoy it a lot but the fact yes. that you're trying to do like all three it's like well eh. the peanut allergy thing i get that allergies are serious but in mm-hmm. a movie like this like if they would have had like the old guy have like a peanut allergy and they would have like had to stop and something goofy happens kind of like cannonball run or gumball or something it mm-hmm. would have it would have felt much di- this tonally could have played way differently that's what you're saying too is that the seriousness of like she almost dies yeah and she has to go to the hospital as opposed to being like oh like we sprayed pollen in this guy's eyes and he wrecked his car what a goofy clown like it's it's really weird man in this final stretch is where i think the the stuff that like i hadn't really seen before is cool like there's we're also kind of following like in smoking the bandit like in a bunch of these movies we're kind of following the cops and there's cops in the helicopters there's cops on the ground they're trying to set up roadblocks and whatever yes and at one point they have a roadblock and then the racers all hire a tractor to like plow away like plow a road through a field and i was like that's really kind of cool really cool dude it was like one of the best parts of the movie for me i was like it's so genius there's a two-lane road the cops park like a tanker across it so knowing that the cars can't go through it there's just really high grains on the side and they're like okay so they're stopping they're arresting all these cars like some guy stops him at the gas station or something he's like yo we're like the local car guys we know how to get around this and they're like, what are you talking, like, are you serious? And he's like, we heard there's a race, like, I think we got, we can help. And they're like, okay. And, like, that community and, like, the car guys, like, trying to help you screw the cops is really fun. Very, very fun. I like that a lot. And then Same. we get the, like, huge action, it's not necessarily huge, but, like, the cool thing that I've never seen before, the dad starts making shortcuts, his name is Roy, and he starts making, like, shortcuts because he's, like, like falling behind, and he, like, drives off, or maybe he gets bumped off, but, like, he jumps his car off a cliff, and it lands on the back of a flatbed truck, and he and the daughter are both like, oh my god, like, and like, it's cool. cool. It, it was really cool. That was the classic high-low that we were talking about mm-hmm. in so many of these classic car movies, that like, you know, he's driving up, and he just like, jumps it right onto the back of a of a flatbed, and I was like, yeah, you know what, I've never seen that either. That is really cool. And then he just like, throws it in reverse, backs off this thing, car falls, and he puts it in drive, and drives right off. So I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Yep. And then, like all of these movies, they all basically get to the finish line around the same time, somehow. You know, 2,000 kilometers, 2,200 kilometers, which is, you know, I don't know, like 1,500 miles or something like that. Like, it's, you know, far. It's a far race. They get to the end all together, and the Toyota, like, the the 
villain is like Tokyo drifting around corners, which is pretty cool. And then he wins the race basically to like at the end of Need for Speed, like where they racing to the lighthouse. It's not a lighthouse, but it might as well be a lighthouse because like it's overlooking water and like it's, it's where a lighthouse so much should a lighthouse. be. Yes, yes. And so I don't think that's a reference in Need for Speed because it came out the same year, but it's just coincidental that they're both doing these like long ass races. And they keep showing you the map too, which also yeah. felt very Need for Speed. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, it, it doesn't matter if they win or lose. And it's not like there's cops there at the end. Although I do think I remember seeing, like, at the, at the beginning of the plot summary for, like, Burning 2, he, like, gets out of jail. So I'm assuming, that, like, at the end of this, like, they all get arrested or whatever, right? Makes sense, yeah. While this is all happening, the other car, where it's the two dudes and the son in the back that the daughter had jumped in, the guy is like, I have a brain disease. Like, I'm going to die at some point. Like, I could die at any minute now. As they're like almost at the end, he's like, I, but I've never left the country. I've never seen nor I've never been north of wherever. Yeah. I want to go on this trip. I think this is meaningful to me. Seemingly like a couple minutes before the end of the race, he dies, right? Like he just like, oh no. Yeah. He's dead. Because he's like, he's passed out in the passenger seat. Yeah, he tries to revive him. They yell. He's like, is yelling nothing. And so I guess before they're about to get arrested, the driver of that car, in a very kind of weird, cool, but also very strange move, uh, basically gives him, like, a Viking funeral. He wants to send him on a Viking's funeral. Yep, 100%. Yeah. They're at the very north of, of Norway. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the point at the north. So he's like, okay, he grabs the rock. He, like, starts the car, puts the rock on the accelerator so that he won't get arrested, and they just send him into the water. And they drive him off a cliff that's probably several hundred feet tall, and it's just like, oh, this is like a, you know, you're losing your car, but I guess giving your friend, like, a cool Well, death? he built it. The dead guy was like, remember, that was like part of the movie at the okay. beginning. Yes. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I built this car. I want to see what it can do. I've never been north of whatever, the the airport. But still a little strange to just like throw the car away, basically. But then in like the movie's main, maybe funniest moment. I don't know. Funniest moment. Yes. The dude in the passenger seat who is dead wakes up and we freeze frame and the movie ends. As he's in midair falling off the cliff. Yep. Yeah. So he's going to die. He wasn't dead. They thought he was dead, but he's about to die. So comedy. But I, I, I did laugh at that. Like, I knew it was going to happen, but I Same. still left. Rachel found that point very enjoyable, too. I, I definitely saw it coming because of just, like, the vibes of the movie. But at the same point, like, at the same time, I was like, oh, nice play. That was a good way to end it. That's cute. Any other thoughts about Burning? I think it was good. I, I can't tell if I want to see the rest of them or not. How do you feel? Do you want to watch the rest of them or no? Let me actually look. When we look on Letterboxd later, I'm going to see how they how they stack up. Okay. Because this did not make me want to watch more, but it also, I didn't dislike it. I just wish that I liked it more. So, like, I'm glad I yeah. saw this because it feels, like, important. Like, just how we watched, remember, like, years ago for Film Club, we watched, like, the Bollywood version of Fast and Furious. I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch, like, there's, like, four or five of those or whatever. Like, yes. I don't want to yes. watch more of those, but, like, I'm glad that I saw one. Like, I'm glad that I saw this one because, like, to a certain section of the world, like, this is maybe their Fast and Furious. Like, if Fast and Furious is not their Fast and Furious, this is their Fast and Furious. I'm like, I'm glad I saw one. Yes, I just don't feel like it. it is Fast and Furious. It's just, like, their car movie. And I'm curious to see, like, what they do in the next ones, like, if they take things from other movies that we haven't seen. So I'm curious about them, but I'm not, like, eager to watch another one immediately. If like, because this has like, I think like a three-ish average on Letterboxd, if the next two are like a four plus, like just like, I don't know, we're like, these are amazing. Like we can do one as like a Patreon bonus or something, but like. Sounds good. For now, I'm I'm okay with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I think it was interesting. Um, It was fun to see. There was some new ideas in it. Some of the stunts were pretty cool. 
I just don't like the main dude, I think. Like, not not the actor, because he's fine, but just, like, the character just, like, being grumpy. Even the daughter wasn't, like, as charismatic enough for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But- this would have been more of a cliche, but I think if she was, like, an emo, pissy teen and didn't want to be with him, then he wanted her to come or whatever. And, like, it they have the same... played out better. Yeah. Yes. But the yeah. fact that she's like, hey, I want to do this. And he's like, no. It's just like, why? What? <laughs> yeah, this is so ass backwards. Because, yeah. like, if he's like, you need to come with me because I told your mom that, you know, I was, was going to take F- care F- of F- you. F- F- whatever, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have to do this thing because I have to do this thing or whatever. And she's like, oh, no, I don't want to do it. And, like, he, like, tricks her into, like, whatever. Like, you know, she falls asleep and he, like, moves her out to the car. You know, any number of things, right? Yeah. And she's just on this road trip. And then that's when they bond or whatever. But, no. Maybe this is a girl who's reading car magazines. Like, she's, like, willingly learning about this stuff. And it's she's like, like, I like engines. She knew how to fuck with the carburetor to Jacob yeah. him. Like, she knows what she's doing. She's a really good co-pilot, right? Like, this is going to be somebody that's actually pretty helpful. But then, like, at the end, she also plays so weird when he, like, has to change the tire. And she's like, you should have done this earlier. And, like, instead of, like, being the pit crew and, like, helping... And again, very close to the end of this movie, he's like, you either need to shut up or stay behind. And she's like, oh, shut up then. Let's watch the trailer for this. I don't think it's in English because the movie's not in English. And I don't know if there's going to be subtitles or not, but it's on YouTube. It's Film Trailer Burning, posted by Telenor T-Wee, T-W-E, posted November 2014, has 120,000 views, 1 minute 59 seconds. I'm ready whenever you are. Three, two, one, play. Like, it was one of those scenes... Oh, yeah, it's not subtitles. Uh, it was, like, one of those scenes with the, the women just, like, in the back of the car that they were, like, just had a Confederate flag, and I'm like, oh, okay. Weird, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no subtitles is hard. Well, just, you know, I, it's it's just a matter of, like, how they sell it, right? Like, yeah. There is a lot of cool cars in this movie, too, by the way. There's, like, Ferraris. Like, they, they use, like, a really cool set of cars to do it. So I'm... Like, they didn't skimp on that. I also didn't feel, and maybe because, you know, it's a 2000, I, I like this part where they, like, make this machine, like, burn out because they, they're uh, all getting so traffic tickets. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's the sense that they were really, like, racing. Like, they're kind of just, like, on surface streets, right? And they're just kind of, like, going kind of fast. Yeah. I, I think maybe speeding is, like, a really big thing in Norway, and it's, like, much more serious than we imagined. Yeah, because there is, there is the uh, opening scene with the cops where they're like, they were doing 140, which is like 85 miles an hour. It's like, yeah, okay. It was, it's fast. It's way too fast for the road they're on, but it's not like, it didn't seem reckless or something. Yeah. Like... Yeah, these cars are pretty cool. Him trying to light the cigarette with the no windshield was pretty funny. I like that part. Yeah. I also like this cop kicking the other cop out. He's like, I'm on a break. He's just like, I got to do this thing. Right? So. <laughs> yeah. Norway looks beautiful too, by the way. Like, yeah, man. I, that's the other thing. Like, as I was watching this, I was like, "Hey, I kind of want to do this drive. Like, it looks really cool." Oh, so it's firmly Fast and the Furious lettering and oh, stuff. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Start okay. and guard. Thirteen August. Start. Yeah. I guess start your car. Start your engines. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That's a good guess. All right, the Letterbox game. So for reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road, one of the most popular films on Letterbox, has been seen by 844,000 people. Burnout, a.k.a. Burning, directed by Halvard Brain, a weird character in there. I do not know how it's pronounced. 
2014, starring Anders Bosmo, Christiansen, Ida Husi, and Sven Norden, probably pronounced all of those wrong, has been seen by how many people? Average rating of 2.9. I'm going to say 3,000. You're too high. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. 1,800? Still too high. Really? 1,200. Last guess. It is 1327. 1327. Ooh! 1327. 1327. <laughs> and I, was I the most recent person to watch this? I was the most recent person to review it, so maybe I was the 1327th person. Wow. Very cool. What? Wow. Okay. That's very cool. Cool. That was a nice turn. I like that. For reference, Burnout 2, Burning 2. Yes. Same director, same two stars, which is the dad and the daughter. 810 people have seen that. Average rating of 2.7, so a little bit lower, but not wildly lower. And then the final one, Asphalt Burning, a.k.a. Burning 3, same director, same stars, all three of them, I guess, including the other guy, like not the villain, but the other guy in the car. Yeah. That one's on Netflix. From the Trolls Path to Nurburgring, okay, also seen by 800 people, has a 2.3, so the lowest rated of the three, but that's on Netflix, so, you know. Okay. So out of those 1,327 people, how many have this in their top four? Two. Lower. Zero. Higher. One. We're going to go to Chris Mid's, M-I-D-T, Chris Mid, her letterbox. She's only got three in her top four. We've never, a lot of people only have fewer than four for whatever reason. Uh, but we've never played one of these because I've always had different options. Yeah, but there's but Burning one option. Okay. is her second favorite movie of all time. And I know for sure you have seen both one and three. I know that you probably love three, and I'm guessing you probably really like one. Both American movies. Both okay. from the 2000s. Both, ooh, both Mike Manzi, Third Time's a Charm candidates as they're both a third in a franchise. Oh, huh. One of them is arguably your favorite franchise that isn't Fast and Furious. What's my favorite franchise that isn't Fast and the Furious? I don't know if you would call it favorite franchise, but I think that you would not say it's incorrect. It might not be correct, but I don't think you would say it's incorrect for me to say this. You, know the name, you don't have to name the movie because they have like kind of weird subtitles, whatever. But like if you just name the franchise for either of these. Not Marvel, right? No. The is other one is in the Marvelverse. Okay. But not the one that I'm trying to get you to guess. Not not your favorite. My favorite franchise. Mm-hmm. What movie do I go see a lot of? Is there a bunch of them or just like a couple? There are eight of them. There are eight of them. Land Before Time. No, I don't think I've ever heard you talk about that. No, I was just kidding. Um, There's eight of these movies. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, there is zero crossover between this franchise and the Fastiverse. Interesting. Even though they basically ran concurrently. Ran concurrently. There's eight of them as well. And I will say that her favorite, her number one and number three, the, the third in both these franchises, are likely considered the best in each of the franchises. Okay. Which is uncommon, I would say, for third movies. But in your favorite franchise, I would say, is pretty overwhelmingly, I would say, most people's favorites. In the other one, in the Marvel one, it is, I think, easily the best of the franchise of those three and one of people's favorites in the broader Marvelverse. Is it Thor Ragnarok is one Thor of them? Ragnarok is her number one, yes. Okay. Easily better than Thor and Thor the Dark World. Um, yeah. I like the first Thor. I don't like Dark World, but Ragnarok is... kind of meh. I agree. Okay. Pretty great. I can't think of this other franchise. What is a franchise that there's eight of mm-hmm. that runs concurrent to Fast and the Furious? 
that I really like. I would maybe, I don't know if this is true or not, but I don't know, again, that's untrue. You might have seen these movies more than The Fast and the Furious. I might have seen them more than The Fast and the Furious. Oh, is mm-hmm. it Harry Potter? It's Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. There you go. Okay, yes. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, like, I don't know if that's your favorite franchise, but it's definitely up there, and I think you, it's if, the, if it's nothing else, you've seen it a ton. It's one that Rachel and I watch a ton of. A yeah. Ton. yeah. I really, really like the movies. I, I wasn't even thinking about that as a franchise, because, but yes, you're right. There's eight of them. It's a franchise for sure. Um, the fourth one's my favorite, but. Thor Ragnarok, Burning, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Well, fourth one has Arpats as my boy, Cedric Diggory from Hufflepuff. Yeah, that's the. But like most people one. like Azkaban most because it's directed by Alfonso Cuaron. Yep. It's kind of the darkest yep. of the bunch. Yep. And uh, also, I think one of the better books from what I remember. I don't know. I've only read them once or yeah. a while ago or whatever. But you should do. Yeah. You should read them for how to win the lottery i don't think that i'm i think i'm good like i saw one of my friends rereading them on goodreads and i'm like really like i get it like comfort things or whatever but like yeah i think i'm good that notorious turf jk rowling yeah true true well thank you once again to larson for suggesting this movie i hope you liked it please if you uh write in if people if other people out there have seen this write in I, again, I don't know that you should go seek it out, but if you want to, if it sounds interesting, if you want to sort of broaden your cultural palette, yeah. uh, I think you do worse than this. But I don't think you need to see this, but I think if you've seen it, be very curious what you think of it. And also, Larson specifically, what you, if it's something that you loved or were curious about or what, yeah. please write in family at Cage Club Dummy, as you know. Yes. Joe, next week, Fast Five. Okay. We're also unveiling next week the nominees for the second year of the Hall of Fame. So that's going to happen Just in the, the nominees, intro not segment. the winners. No, no, the winners. Oh, we already did the nominees. That's yes, already out there. Okay, cool. The, in- the inductees. Sorry, the wrong word. The inductees. The second class. So if you are listening to this on the day it comes out, you have until tomorrow night, Wednesday the 21st, around dinner time-ish, Eastern time, to vote. Because that's when we will record that intro. And then it will be announced on the Patreon feed the following Friday, this Friday, and then, you know, to everybody next Tuesday. But uh, vote cageclub.me slash brackets. Email us, familycageclub.me. You know how to get in touch with us. Joe, any other thoughts about burning or anything we talked about today? No, I, I think I need to process it a little bit more. And I kind you know what? I kind of do want to watch the next one just to see how this plays out. It seems like they, they each get a little bit worse, but it seems like the second one is still, like, about this good. So if you enjoy this one... Yeah. Give us a second shot and, and report back because I'm probably not going to watch it soon. If you're like, oh, this is like, because also watch it soon, but I'm going to think about it. Just because it's worse to letterbox does not mean that like nothing. Like, it, it means could be nothing filled to with me. Fast and Furious yeah. references or something, right? Exactly. So, like, yeah. 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 That means nothing to me. Yeah. For all things too fast too forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash too fast too forever, or at too fast too forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page, too fast too forever.com, and our store, too fast too forever.shop. Thank you to whoever bought a cha 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 t shirt, you the real MVP. I yes, don't know who you are because they do not tell us, but shout out to you. Uh, come back next week for Fast Five, and again after that, of course, for F9. It should be on VOD soon-ish. Hopefully. Get in touch with us however you want. Follow us wherever you want. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or at least just Please. a rating at the very least. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll tell you all about it when we see you.